amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to A Message to Go from Axe Church. We hope this message will light up your day. Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. We're going to look at a parable of Jesus. Okay, a parable. Um, it's a story. A story Jesus told. Okay. Uh, and this is where that famous line uh, that comes from this story. We've probably heard this before. And it's this line, this phrase that goes, Well done, good and faithful servant. We're going to talk about a bit about that today. Ready? Well done, good and faithful servant. So Matthew 25, we're going to read from verse 14. Let's go. So it says here, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, uh, one, right? To each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. So the master gave entrusted talents to these three guys and then he went far, far away. And then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Now there is, yes, ten. Good, good math. All right. Um, and likewise, he would receive two, gain two more also. And now he has, very good. All right, let's move on. Uh, verse 18, but he who had received one, went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents, and look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Next. And he also who received... Two talents came and said, Lord, you, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I will have received back my own with interest. Next. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Now he has eleven. 
For, the, for everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen? All right, great. So this is a story Jesus told, a parable. So it's not an actual event. There wasn't really a, a master who owned a big piece of land and he had three servants and he gave each one of them uh, you know, a share of talents. You, you get what I'm saying? It's not like an actual historical event. It was a story Jesus told. So some people gathered around Jesus and he decided to tell them a story with a lesson. That's a parable, yeah? Um, how many of you think that Jesus told stories to pass time? No. How many told Jesus? How many think Jesus told stories to entertain? How many think that Jesus told stories because he was bored? No, there's only one reason, right? He did stories. He was teaching. He was breaking things down, right? You can see all, I don't know how many of you here are teachers or have observed teachers. All the techniques are there. Like the techniques of storytelling in, the, in regards to teaching. Like he made comparisons, right? He's, he showed you what is good and what is bad. And there was repetition. Teachers always repeat. Parents also repeat to their children so that they can remember. He kept saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. And then he made a comparison. You wicked and lazy servant. Very clear, like a Disney movie. The bad guys are bad. The good guys are good. My wife loves Disney movies. Yeah. Every time she wants to watch movies, she scrolls to the end first. Ah, good movie. Then we watch. By the time my surprise gone, I don't want to watch already. Okay, so good. So it's, all the techniques are there. Yeah. So I want us to remember this. Jesus is telling this story to teach. So what must we do this morning then? We must learn. Let's, let's see what he's trying to teach. Now, so he starts the story with, for the kingdom of heaven is like, now he's breaking it down. It's like a parent trying to describe or teach a very big concept, like where do babies come from? Liang, one day your son will ask you, and then you've got, you got to figure out, oh, how do I tell it to my son without telling too much because it can't, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, so we use this technique, right? We make a comparison. Oh, it's like, you know, I think, how do you explain that, huh, baby? <laughs> uh, yeah, or oh, anything like, 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 where do people go when they die? And then you have to find a way to explain. So Jesus is doing the same thing because the people then, and even today, we don't fully understand yet how God, who is the king of this kingdom, therefore he has his rules in this kingdom. We don't fully understand yet how these rules work, but there are rules. For example, you reap what you sow. That's a rule in this kingdom set by the king. So he's breaking it down. Okay, he's basically saying, let me make it simpler for you so that you know what are the rules in this kingdom and how to live this life. Then you will prosper in this kingdom. You will prosper in this life. You will be blessed. You will have a good life. If you don't follow the rules, then you won't have a good life. Am I breaking it down? So, so Jesus said, for the kingdom of heaven is like this. So he's saying, try to understand your life this way. All right, it's very clear. He says, okay, your life is like this. Um, there is a master. Who do you think he's referring to? Who do you think the master represents? God. Because he's the one who owns everything. Everything he sees, he's God, his master. And then this God, this master has people serving under him. Who do you think that represents? Us, okay? And then he gave them something. He entrusted something to them. God has entrusted us this life to live. YOLO, you live only once. 
You can see the comparison now. So he's saying, okay, this is how you should understand your life. And the Bible says he gave talents to his servants. How many were there? Three. Did he miss anyone out? He had three servants. Everyone received something. Amen? And if the, if the servants represent each one of us, then the principle there is everyone here has something from God. That's important because there are, there are people in church who sometimes feel like, ah, Daniel has got all the talents. Vijay has got all the talents. Pastor Kenneth has 10% talents in him. But not me, Pastor. I don't have any talents. I just come to church, I sit. That's my talent. My talent is sitting <laughs> and listening. I, didn't get, I don't have anything from God. I didn't get preaching ability from God. I didn't have singing ability. No, no, no. If, this, if God is describing life, then he's clearly shown us that even if you think you have received nothing, you have all received something. Every single person here. Every parent who feel like just getting to church already is one big victory, you know. <laughs> it's like, whoa, I made it. And you think that's, that's all. You don't have anything else to offer. I'm saying God's word clearly tells us every single person here, younger, older, we all have something from God. It's about discovering what that is. Amen. And the Bible says God had a particular method to decide how He gives to you, right? He gave to all, five to one, each according to their own ability. So God had a, had a guidebook or something, some kind of reference. Okay, each to your ability, I'll give you five. Your ability, I'll give you two. Your ability, I'll give you one. Amen? Okay, now I've got to explain that because if we put our human mind to that sentence, we will understand it wrongly. We think ability means, yeah, correct lah. That's why I say Pastor Kenneth got 10% ability because he's so talented. And well, some of us only got one. You know, God measures the way, right? No. See, that's how we measure. We think if you can sing, cook, dance, cycle, what else can you do? Then, you're like, oh, then you are very talented. You are very useful to God. That's our measurement. God doesn't measure that way. Five to one is not about more or less. Let me try to explain this way. Okay, so the word ability there, I used to think that it means, yeah, uh, cooking, singing, dancing is three abilities. I used to think that way. But when I look at the word ability, and I remember that the Bible is translated originally from Greek, and so I looked into the Greek word, and the Greek word for ability is dunamis. Surprising to me because dunamis, is, it means power. It's like back in those days when I go to youth rallies and it's like, don't want me. You know, some kind of Greek word to make it look cool and then we'll go for this youth concert and we go like, ah. So I associate dunamis with power, right? And in fact, it is, right? It's the word, it's, the word, uh, it's where the word dynamo comes from or dynamite, dunamis. That was God's measurement, dunamis. That means that God gave somebody five talent based on the dunamis. And dunamis then, now we could ask, what does that mean? <laughs> does it just mean, boom, explosive power? Yes. But sometimes Greek words and other languages have like deeper meaning. And so we look at, we look at the word. What does it mean? It means strength, power, ability, inherent power. Have you heard of inheritance? It means something that, it, that belongs to you. It belongs to you by virtue of who you are. You are... I'm the father, you are my son, you have the inheritance. Technically, you don't have to work for it, you don't have to pay for it. You have it just because of who you are. We have this power 
because of who we are. God is the Father. I'm His kid. I've got this power. Inherent power. Amen. And every single one of you have this. You have inherited, inherited it from your heavenly Father. You didn't have to work for it, beg for it, rob it, steal it. <laughs> Amen? Following me so far? Let's go back. Huh? God is saying, this is life. This is how we understand life. For the kingdom of heaven is like this. He wants you to know we all have this inherent power. The moment we were born into this world, we have a purpose. God has given you this inherent power to do what you're born here to do. Amen. Power residing in a thing. Of course, you're not a thing. But residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. So according to that ability, according to the inherent power, according to your purpose, in other words, God gave you the talent, the gifting, the anointing, the power to do what you're here to do on earth. Somebody say amen. Therefore, 521 is not about more or less. See, we understand it this way. That's why sometimes we come to church and we feel like I am lesser than. I'm off the stage. I'm behind the scenes, so I'm lesser than. But I believe God wants us to change our understanding. Think of it this way. How many of you love to go shopping? Okay, confession time. Nobody in XKK. Oh. <laughs> we are literally in a shopping mall. Grocery is shopping too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, online shopping. Uh -huh. We all love shopping. Okay, cool. So I remember a shopping story. Clang, when I used to live there, Aeon. Okay. Uh, so we used to go there for grocery because I used to live there. They have this Aeon, uh, Jasco, right? And then Cotton On is nearby, right? So I always walk past. And cotton on, the way it's positioned, right, it's very strategic, okay? And there's this four-letter word they like to put out. Wow, this four-letter word, very dangerous. Make you lose money. Make you, <laughs> make you do things you don't really want to do. This four-letter word, S-A-L-E, sale, okay? And then they will always put up right in front, you know, the most obvious space, something that they want to, I don't know, like, get rid of or maybe promotion. Okay, there was this, so this is rack of, they call it chinos, chinos pants, these men's pants, okay? And uh, it's 50% off. I have never bought a pair until that time because it's always so expensive. I'm like, no, Nila. I just wear jeans, okay? But this time it's 50% off. Good opportunity. My wife encouraged me. She said, come la, buy la, buy la. Then my wife very bold, okay? Because she's not wearing it. So she took all the mustard yellow la, don't know what, vomit green, uh, diarrhea brown, okay? So all kind of colors. She's like, then I'm like, hey, this is my first pair. This is my first pair. Let me go in between la. Not too bold, not too boring like black, white and... Not to bowl like mustard green, vomit green, all right? So I took some kind of a, like, I don't know what you call it, like faded maroon, like something like what uh, Ruel is wearing today, but pants. So 50% off. 50% off. So, I, okay, when you are interested in buying a pair of pants or something, what do you do? You can find the color ready, you can try it out, go to the dressing room. So I took the pair which I thought would be the closest to my size. 24, no? <laughs> uh, I can't remember what now because it's obviously a different size now. I took it, I went to the dressing room and then a thought hit me. A revelation that only Asians will understand. I realized, hey, this is size 29 or something like that, okay? And it's 50 ringgit. You know what I realized? Size 40 is also 50 ringgit. Why I pay same money for less cloth? Only Asians will think like that. I should pay same money, get more, ma. It's just a funny thought, ah, okay? As I walk into the dressing room, hey, why I pay so much for so little cloth? I should buy size 40. But friends, 
You know, if I buy size 40, what will happen to me, right? <laughs> it will drop. I will be embarrassed. I cannot use it anywhere. Although it kind of makes sense. Same money. Bigger cloth. See, this is how we should understand the talent thing. We think the guy with the five talent is like, oh, yo, size 40. More. No, no. Same value. All the same value. Different fit. Same value. Let me put it this way. The guy who preaches, same value as the guy who prepares coffee. It looks like, hey, size 40, bigger, ma, better, ma, more value. Ma. But it doesn't fit. So if you're meant to make you're meant to preach, but you make coffee and not very good at it, you'll be embarrassed. <laughs> You're not very useful, actually, because you make bad coffee. Stick to preaching. Something like that. Lah. Some people sing very well. Some people make other people sound good. But we all have a part to play. That's the key that God is trying to say here. Because God knew somebody somewhere down the road is going to feel like, oh, the guy arranging chair not very important. No, no, no. Don't look at five to one as, okay, one has less than the five. No, it's what fits. Size 40, size 25 is what fits. Amen? Woo! So, we <laughs> have much time. Now, the second thing we need to learn is, so everybody's got something. Same value, different fit. Amen? The next thing is, okay, obviously, very obviously story. Who should we emulate? The first two guys or the last guy? Come on, first two guys. Okay, well done, great, first seven. So we must learn, what did he do that we must copy? The Bible says, they the guy with the five took the five that was given and traded the five. He traded the five, okay? The problem with the last guy is very obvious also. He did nothing with it. The first two guys, they traded. There was activity. There was activity with the five they were given, activity. So, if it's not obvious enough yet, God wants us to be Active with what is given us. No, we don't all have to preach on stage. But you've got to be active. Activate that gift. Activate that network you have. Activate the experience. Activate the finances you have. Activate what other resources, not just money. Activate it. Somebody say amen. So I feel like God is saying, oh, 10 minutes left. God is saying to all of us in X Church, activate your faith. Activate the gifting that you have. Activate it. And by the way, I don't just mean in church on a Sunday because it's just one day out of the seven days of the week. I'm pretty sure God is not saying, okay, all other six days you can fall asleep, just wake up on a Sunday. No, He wants us to be active every day of the week in or out of church. He traded. There was an exchange. Now the Bible says, the guy with the five, he traded with, he didn't say with Fula, but you got you to connect the dots. You cannot trade with yourself. Huh? You cannot grow vegetables, go to the market and sell it to yourself. That doesn't make sense. You have to always sell it to somebody else. And the fact that he made profit sounds to me like it's a win-win situation. Lah. Whatever he had to offer, somebody wanted. So they were willing to pay him for it. That's why he came home with another five. You get it now? Whatever, God, whatever gift God gave you, the way you activate it is, you've got to activate it in a way where somebody else gets blessed. If somebody needs to hear your song, you've got to sing it. If someone needs to drink your coffee, you've got to make it. If someone needs your prayer, you've got to pray it. That's how it works. You've got to treat it. Keeping your talent to yourself, keeping your gift to yourself, actually blesses 
Nobody as exemplified by the last guy. No one else was blessed around him and he himself not blessed also. Clear? Again, huh? not just in church. There in your office, somebody needs your encouragement. There in your school, someone needs your prayer. Someone needs your math skill. Like you, you, you're very good at math or something. Trade it. Sow it. You will only reap what you sow. Somebody say amen. In fact, the word traded is the word in Greek, agarzomai, which means to work, to labor. Amen. God wants us to work out our faith. There's actually a term in the Bible that says work out your faith. We don't work to get salvation, but we are, we are saved to do good works. That's how we work out our faith with fear and trembling. Amen? And of course, trading is a business term. It does not guarantee that just because you become a blessing, that people are going to appreciate you, value you. But that's secondary. God is saying, do it anyway. Any business has risk. So, of course, there's also risk when we love people and give to people and care. There's potential to be hurt, to be misunderstood, to be taken for granted for. But God says, do it anyway. Because that's His principle. For the kingdom of heaven is like... This, my friends, is what Jesus is saying. This is how you understand your life. I've given you something. Now go do something with it and do it in a way that other people get blessed. Amen? And then, when these first two guys did the same thing, they both traded, they were rewarded, right? They were given a compliment. It was, well done, good and faithful servant. The reason that was the response was because there was fruitfulness. There was multiplication. Something grew out of their activity. Something grew out of that. So you prayed for somebody, something grew out of that. You made coffee or you folded the pamphlet. Okay, those are like old church days thing. Uh, <laughs> you arranged the instruments. Someone got blessed. So that's fruitfulness. In fact, it's God's first command to human beings. Be fruitful and multiply. And by the way, that's not just about making babies. Because that's true, then, he's, then only married people can serve God. <laughs> not true. Being fruitful is not just populating the earth, but to make something out of nothing. Like for example, uh, for example, I love this illustration. Didn't come originally from me, but I love it anyway. God, how many of you know that God in His almightiness, in His sovereignty, never, makes, never made a chair? He never made a table. He only made trees. <laughs> you think God is up there designing some cupboard right now? No, no, no. He designed trees. Trees grow. Us. We take what is given us and we make it into a chair, into a ship, into a house. Amen. That's fruitfulness. Take what God has given you, turn it into something. All the same principle. Money is seed. Talent is seed. Gifting is seed. Your network is seed. Your connection is seed. Your Instagram friends is seed. All, it's all seed. The idea is seed. We've got to sow it fruitfulness. And the principle of fruitfulness is very simple. What you sow, you will reap. You don't sow it, you don't reap. Last guy, remember, he didn't sow, he didn't reap. And see, again, this is just a story. If it's not a story, right, everybody wants to know what cryptocurrency they invested in. I put five, I get five back. It is 100%, you know. Not only that, I put five, I get five, later I get one more extra. <laughs> You're all the final what portfolio, right? <laughs> All want to follow. No such thing. It's a story. Story means you must catch the principle. The principle is what? 
God promised to give back to us when we sow, same measure. Amen? Give and it will come back to you. Press down, shaking together. Same measure, right? Running over. It's the same measure that you give. That's very important because a lot of people come to church and they hear testimonies about people giving and then getting something back from God, right? It's usually I put 50 ringgit into the bag, I got back 5,000, something like that. And we all think, oh, next Sunday I better come with a bigger offering. Now that is a problem because God never promised that. That would be same material. I give money, I get money back. Same material. See, it only works with money. It will be a problem when it comes to say something like health. <laughs> so you want to get back health, you give what? Give away your health. Go and fall sick, is it? Doesn't work, right? No, it makes sense. God never promised. I'll give you back same material. You want money? You give money? I give you back money. No, God said same measure. It's about the measure. So the first guy sold 100%. He got five. He put in all five. He sold 100%. So with the same measure, God gave it back to him. The second guy had two. He put all two in. He get back two, 100%. What you sow, you will reap. Now, investors will tell you that's bad investment. You don't put all your eggs into one basket. <laughs> you don't sow it. You got five talent, keep like one under the pillow. One in unit trust, one in crypto, another one somewhere else, right? It's for everything. Because it's principle. God is saying, don't hold back. Don't give some of your time for the world and the rest of it for me. Amen. Give God the best of you, not the rest of you. Because that's the principle. You live 100% for God. What if, what if Jesus died for only some of us? Because he tired on the cross. <laughs> Two pain. Ah! One hand enough, the other hand. Half safe, half not safe. Susano. No, God wants us to live. That means uh, all of our money belongs to him, actually. All of it. I know we give 10% every month. And then maybe we think that the other 90% is for us, which it is because God gave it to us. But ultimately, it belongs to God. So maybe it's the third week of the month, you've already given your tithe and God at the third week say, can you take some money and bless this family? That he gets to do that because it belongs to him. But then we also don't have to worry because it's, there's more where it came from. You say, imagine the Prime Minister is sitting next to you this morning. He just heard Pastor Kenneth share about the building and Ms. Ismail Sabri said, hey, Sayuna, donate. Huh? I want to donate. Then he wanted to write a check and then he turns to Sujan and says, hey, can you borrow me a pen? So just like, oh, pen, pen, pen. Prime Minister asking for pen, no, better get a pen. Get, better give, give him a good one. And then just before he hands the, she hands the pen to him, she starts thinking like many Christians think, hey, what if I don't get the, the pen back? What if he forgets to give me back my pen, my precious pen? What if he doesn't know how to use it properly, he drops the pen and doesn't write the same anymore? Should I really give this pen to Ismail Sabri, who is about to write a check for one million ringgit, she thinks and thinks and then she put it back into her pocket. Because she's afraid she won't get it back, it might be used wrongly. You get what I'm saying? Sometimes some Christians behave like that with God. Hey, give my money to God. What if I don't get it back? What if it's used for wrong? Hey, give him to God, lah, dude. There's more where he came from. He lost your pen, he can give you more pen. Give you a pen company. So God is saying, so 
Live your life 100% for God. God wants your time on a Wednesday night. You didn't plan for it. It's, it's not Bible study, not Bible study night, not prayer service night, not church night, not service. Why God wants my time? Because everything belongs to Him. And when you sow 100%, you get back. Same measure. Amen? Okay. So let's drive this home. Let's end this. So we, know, we learned already. Okay. Well done, good and faithful servant. What must we learn? We learned that we all have got something to offer in the kingdom of God both in the four walls of the church, especially out, because that's where we spend most of our time. And it's not about who has more or less. God doesn't measure that way. He looks at the fit. You are meant to be a business owner. So I've given you the talents, the contact, the experience, everything you need to be that. You're meant to be a preacher. I've given you that, etc., etc. Amen? Same value, different fit. And then we know that we're supposed to activate it. There must be activity. We cannot let it be dormant because we know what will happen to those who are dormant. It blesses nobody. And we should activate it in a way where somebody else gets blessed. So this is how we measure our life. The way we live our life has other people in our life around us been better. That's how we measure success in our life. Okay, this person better. This person has been better. Great. I have lived my life. Traded. And God wants us to be fruitful. And fruitfulness comes from the principle of sowing and reaping. So how should we live our life? We should live our life 100% for God. So we learn what we should do already. Now we learn what we shouldn't. And it's interesting that Jesus did not give the opposite of good and faithful, right? It's like, well, yeah, technically half years. Lah. It's like good and faithful. And then the problem is wicked and lazy. Is laziness the opposite of faithfulness? Not what immediately comes to mind. But if you understand what Jesus is saying in context, maybe it makes a little more sense. Wicked, we're quite clear. Huh? So I went to search up the Greek word for wicked. Huh? Maybe I want to be surprised again. Wow, what else could it mean? I searched up wicked and it means wicked. I just bad. I like just don't be that. But wicked is like knowing the good you should do, but then withholding it. Like if you knew you could help, like if someone is dying of some kind of sickness and you have to peel. <laughs> You have the pill to stop everything, but you hold it back. I think that's wicked. It does not have to be, although it includes all this bad stuff like killing, murdering, robbing. Those are wicked. But based on God's definition, wicked can also be, I'm supposed to pray for this person, but I'm too lazy. I want to watch K-drama. To God, it's like wickedness. There was a good that I meant for you to do, but you held back. Laziness is similar. Interesting, right? That God's problem with the last guy is you're wicked and lazy. So therefore, we, we don't want to be wicked. We don't want to be lazy. What is laziness? What comes to your mind when you heard the word lazy? <laughs> How many of you got this picture of a person like on the couch? TV is on. Flickering. Popcorn on the tummy or something like that. Or maybe it's a, if it's a student, the textbooks are all around it, all around the person. But, uh, pretty accurate, like something like that. Lazy, sitting around at home doing nothing. That's a picture of laziness, right? That's only a part of it. Laziness is much more generic and much simpler than that. And that's why many of us have it and don't even know it. And God has a problem with laziness. Laziness is uh, knowing what to do can do it, but refusing to do it. So, student, I know I must study. I got brains to study. <laughs> I got books to study. 
But I don't want. Because I want to watch TV, play game, play futsal, whatever lah. I can, I, I know what to do. I can do it, but I refuse. Laziness is that. Because you, you apply the definition to anything, you, you see laziness. Amen? <laughs> I can love my, I, I should love my wife, I can love my wife, but I don't want to, because she was not nice to me last week. That's wicked and lazy. <laughs> so God doesn't want any one of us to know what we should be doing. We can do it, but we refuse to. We can share the, we should share the good news with somebody else. We can do it because we have a story. We've learned some scriptures. You know, we can tell a, a share a testimony or something, but don't want, I refuse because I'm afraid or I feel like I'm not equipped or whatever the reason may be. To God, that's not just a fear of evangelism, it's just lazy. And laziness is the problem in our world. Laziness is what causes nothing to happen. No fruitfulness, no growth, because there's no activity. Therefore, there's, there's no reap, no sowing, therefore there's no reaping. And by the way, before you think, Yalah, if I'm the guy with the one talent, I also malas really. I also demotivated. Sometimes the English language, right, messes up. You, growing up, right, the whole time I'm thinking, because this, this story here in Sunday school, I'm thinking this guy got one coin. Like one miserable coin from the master. If I'm the guy, I also demotivated. Just for fun, nah, you check the Chinese Bible, Bahasa Bible, because it's only other two that I can possibly read. Swahili all I cannot read. But you can check it out. You know, in the Bahasa Bible, it says, what is one talent? 10,000 pieces of silver. This guy got a whole bag. Whole gunny sack. In the Chinese, I think because it's Chinese, uh, I don't know why, uh, but it says 10,000 pieces of gold. I think the Tamil Bible also maybe it says gold. Sometimes they put some culture into it. But this, okay, don't take this kind of differences and say, ah, oh, see, the Bible uh, got a problem. These are like immaterial differences. They have, they have a term for it in apologetics. 10,000 pieces of silver, then what's the difference? It's a lot. Lah. This guy took a whole gunny sack of coins ah, and hid it, you know. The amount of work for him to go and hide the coin, might as well take the same energy and go and do something. And that's, that's us Christians sometimes. We make so much effort to hide, to run away, to not pray. We might as well take the same energy and go do something good. He ducked somewhere the master went for a long time. I don't know what grew already. And when the master came back, he knew exactly where to find it. This guy's not stupid. <laughs> Otherwise, Jesus would have said, the master would have said, you wicked and stupid. Stupid is not the problem. Therefore, God is implying no one is stupid. <laughs> That's not a problem at all to God. Because if stupid, sorry, I keep using the word, is the problem, it's his problem because he made you, ma. But laziness is an attitude problem. You made the choice. You know what you can. You know what to do. You can, but you refuse. There's a rubbish on the floor. I know. I should pick up rubbish. I can. I got legs. I got feet. I got hands. I got this rubbish bin. But don't lie. It's the other's job. Edward is here, what? He's on duty. Although Edward is 100 meters away and you're just one feet away. But you will say, Emma, let him do his job. There's laziness. Huh? 
So someone is sick in your office, never mind, let the pastor pray for him. I'll bring him to church. Let pastor can pray for him, then get healed. That was a Tuesday. He died on a Thursday. You should pray for him. <laughs> Amen. A musician can come. You probably heard that saying, right? All that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. It's not from scripture, by the way. <laughs> this is a good saying. To help us understand what Jesus is saying. Don't be wicked and don't be lazy. You have more than you think you do. One whole gunny sack of coins. Don't hide it. You sow zero, you reap zero. Because it's the same measure. So the challenge this morning is, wow, just don't think about your whole life yet. Just, just this week, this coming week. What does God want me to do with what He's given me? And sometimes it can be as simple as a phone call. It can be as simple as a card. I, can, I don't have the time, but I can tell you hundreds of stories of students, young people who have done just that. Young people who maybe don't have as much experience as some of us adults. So they feel like, I don't have the gifting, I don't have the experience, they feel like they cannot be used by God. But God has used so many young people you know, to draw something, to make a card, and it makes someone else's day. I'll tell you one story. There's a girl who actually went home crying from school because of all the wonderful testimonies she has heard. She heard how this student prayed for the sick and got healed, how, how this person preached to a, a, a person from another faith and got saved. And she felt so bad, so crushed because she felt like, I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that. God cannot use me. So she was crying in her room. And in her crying in her room, in that space, God spoke to her and said, look at your table. So she looked. This is a girl in USJ. She looked. And God said, what's on your table? stationaries, paper. God asked her, why are these on your table? She said, oh God, I, I love making cards. I love decorating. So God said, go to your table, make a card. She goes to her table, she's like, okay, make a card for who? And God says, make it for your discipline teacher. <laughs> she's like, discipline? Of all the teachers, God, can you choose another one? And God told her, she needs it the most. So she started making a thank you card. Thank you teacher for teaching, for your sacrifice. And she thought she's done. And then God says, no, you're not done. You need to put this line at the end of the card. You have to write, Jesus loves you. <sighs> this teacher's not Christian, huh? Government school. So she wrote it down. She went to school the next day. She waited for recess time. Go to the school office. As she was walking there, she's hoping, please let the teacher not be there. This is a very fierce discipline teacher. Very fierce one. <laughs> Screaming all the time. She went to the school office. Lo and behold, She's the only teacher there. <laughs> she walked in fear and trembling, faced the teacher, said, Teacher, what? What do you want? I have something for you. What is it? <laughs> I have a card. She gave a card. She said, what card is this? What's all this? Said, you can open it right now, teacher. You can have a read. She opened it up. She read it. The girl's nervous. By the time the, the teacher got to the end, she started crying. And the girl's panicking now, like, oh no, what did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? Is my English that bad? Because this is the English teacher also. And the teacher said, no, you don't understand. Of course, the girl said, of course, I don't understand what's going on, teacher. The teacher asked her to sit down. She sat down. And the teacher said, I don't know who you people are, she said. <laughs> 30 minutes ago, a teacher was here. And she told me the exact same three words. She said, Jesus loves you. Who is this Jesus? You're a Christian, is it? This is a Christian God? 
girl says, yeah. The girl started to have an opportunity to share about Jesus to this teacher. And she, the teacher started sharing about her family problem, her marriage problem, everything. And the girl ended up praying for her teacher. And this is a girl who just last night felt like, God cannot use me. I'm not like them. Who knows this week, there's a card for you to give. There's a call for you to make. There's a text for you to send. Or maybe in the context of the church, maybe you see a need. Hey, actually, I look like you're not, you're short-handed there. Maybe I can help. Trade. Activate your faith. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. For more information on our church, please visit xchurch.org. We're also active on Facebook and Instagram. We're believing that this week is going to be a good week ahead for you. God bless. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.